0: Matt, you told me that you listen to Chaz and I during your nightly bath, which I was simultaneously flattered by and creeped out by.
1: <laughs> I just did it the once. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> it's, it's not a regular thing. You know what? I'm not ashamed of that. That's, um, I'm usually just in there listening to whatever music I can. I, I feel like I want to sort of get me through that last bit of, uh, of, of my day. But I thought, gosh, if I'm going to go on the show, I better listen to the pros and figure out how they do it. Um, I really only have one talent in, in, in life. Okay, let's hear it. I, I, can, I can copy, I can mimic people. You know, I can, So if it's, a, um, if, it's, if it's Final Cut Pro or if it's writing or if it's even surfing, I'm always good at figuring out who's a lot better at it than I am. And how close can I get to what they do? So I thought, well, I'll listen to, uh, to you and Charlie, and maybe that'll, you know, put me, put me in the, at least in the game. So that's, that's what that was all about. It wasn't anything uh, too <laughs> strange.
0: Super kind of you, and I appreciate you um, using us as the examples of who would be good at this, because <laughs> that's probably a stretch. Um, so welcome, though, to the podcast world. I began inviting you on this show three years ago, man. What the heck? Why have you been dodging me all this time? That's the voice of Matt Warshaw of the Encyclopedia of Surfing, a voice that you actually don't hear audibly that often. You see his words all the time in print. Um, But I'm sure that you're well aware he's been doing kind of a press junket recently to do this final push of subscriptions for the Encyclopedia of Surfing, which will go extinct on January 1st, 2018, if we don't help Matt hit his target, which I think... Geez, I forget. It. I think it was about a thousand subscribers total. So we can easily do that as just by people listening to this show. Chaz and I get into that in this episode, but I wanted to give you Matt's voice um, just as a primer. I do a full 60 minute interview with Matt, and we're going to publish it on. An episode of Wax On on the Surf Splendor Network on Monday. So you can look forward to that in just five short days. Uh, make sure to tune in for that. And then of course, Chaz and I will give the full spiel for why you should subscribe to the Encyclopedia of Surfing. All right, without further ado, enjoy today's episode of The Grit. Right, Chaz. Welcome back to the Grip for December sixth, two thousand and seventeen. It's almost Christmas. My favorite time of year. Really? Totally. You're you're a Christmas guy. Absolutely. I'm very childish, like that. Like it reminds me of childhood. I feel I'm just grateful for things. Glad to see everybody happy. You know.
2: That's sweet. I like. that. not (laughs) it? I like that a lot. What? Do you not like Christmas? No, I like Christmas. Yeah. Uh yeah. You got a
0: kid too, so I think that makes it even better. Right? I do. Her
2: her favorite uh holiday by far though is Halloween. Like is that's it? it. She lives and dies for Halloween.
0: Yep. I could I could see that for a kid um dressing up and all that. Yeah. I could not care any less about Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Like if it never happened again, I'm fine Big with that. Deal. Yeah, yeah,
2: no, for her it would be a, a crusher.
0: I'm down with Thanksgiving though too.
2: Oh really? I hate Thanksgiving. Really? I loathe that. This this past Thanksgiving, I finally convinced the family not to celebrate Thanksgiving. It was a no way a coup. Yeah, we went out to breakfast and went and watched a movie, and I didn't have to eat any crappy stuffing or turkey or cranberry sauce or i i low i mean i like the idea conceptually of getting together with loved ones that's great and all that but thanksgiving food is so vomitous Mm. as to be i i like i avoid turkey whenever i can and so to have a whole day around turkey to me is just yeah
0: so you said you like uh getting together with family the concept of it but not in practice (laughs) is that (laughs) me get in practice too, okay, but, okay, okay but
2: you know like yeah
0: it's maybe mainly a food related
2: i mean a food related thing where at least i think in most families you eat this this big gross meal at like 2 p.m at a total weird food mm-hmm. time and so it's just like always in my experience with thanksgiving it just it just totally throws you off you like kind of sit around all day waiting to eat this crappy meal at two mm-hmm. and then you sit around afterwards and so it's just this day of sitting around i agree which, lethargy. Yeah. Leth- exactly. Yeah. And, and you're eating, yeah. Food that makes you tired as, so there's just, yeah. Like I like, yeah.
0: It's funny. I, uh, I love beige food. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite colored food. Mm-hmm. So I'm a huge fan of that day. The yeah. only thing that's not beige is the cranberries. Yep. Otherwise it's all
2: I awesome. If, I bet if you look far enough, you could find beige cranberries. Good point. I think they have like yellowish ones these days, don't they?
0: Maybe. Oh, I just thought you meant like if I left it out for like oh, a maybe long time too. and maybe then that it too. Would be beige. Can you toss me that pillow? Sure can. Need to prop myself up here. Um, well, in the spirit of thanks, we should uh, give a shout out to the Surfrider Foundation for hosting us here at our home studio. This plush, like I said, pillows around. That's
2: really nice. Yeah, really
0: plush. nice. Uh, private room too, quiet room. And then also, they are actually hosting a fundraiser tomorrow. I don't know if you heard about this. I didn't. Where is it? Every Chipotle in the Southwest region. Chipotles? Yes.
2: Have Chipotles gotten Mm. out from under their E. coli? Their This might be a part of that effort.
0: (laughs) So December 7th, if you mention uh, this Surfrider fundraiser, when you are paying for your food at Chipotle, they'll give 50 cents of your purchase to Surfrider.
2: Do you think that counts for booze? Some of them, some of the Mm. Chipotles serve margaritas. Did you know that?
0: Yeah, I have seen that, but... I would imagine you're not just ordering a margarita there. You don't go there for drinks. You'll like, order food and the margarita. I, yeah. So then the fifty cents won't come out of the margarita end. It'll probably come out of the burrito end.
2: Okay, I'm gonna go in. Uh, you know, Surf I'm gonna go in and order a margarita tomorrow, and just see see if I just one margarita and I mean maybe two margaritas, but see if I can if I can get them to kick booze money to Surfrider.
0: Are the margaritas made with tequila?
2: Yeah, Patron. They, have, really? they actually they okay. have top shelf. I mean, I think they have two or the. One that I went to, they had two levels. You get like a Sousa one or something and a Patron one.
0: What do you? Um, what kind of tequila do you use in your margaritas?
2: Oh, uh, if I'm making a margarita, I usually go not as bad as Sousa, but I usually go kind of uh, Casa uh, Casadores or like a kind of a middle shelf because if you're mixing, you know, sweetness in it, you don't need to have a very fine tequila.
0: Yeah. Do you use silver, though? Or like Blanco? Yeah, so I'll, or? I'll go silver. Okay.
2: I'll, I'll usually do, yeah.
0: One time I made the mistake of like a friend had went hunting, had gone hunting. He was going to make um, elk burgers. Oof. And he's like, yeah, why don't your contribution just bring over stuff to make margaritas? Yeah. I'm like, well, he's putting together this nice meal. I'm I will top shelf. Top shelf, yeah. right? So I bought like this super nice yeah. reposado. You could not taste it it's in a the margarita. It, yeah. it was a waste. Exactly. And what's worse is we got so drunk because I made what I thought was a healthy pour. Sure. We sipped it. and We're like, huh, not enough tequila. Yeah. So we add more tequila, sipped it again and go, wow, I put twice as much as I normally do. Yep. Still don't taste it. Got absolutely smashed.
2: Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. For all those listeners out there who don't know how to make a good margarita. Yeah. I mean, it's a silver, a mid shelf silver mm-hmm. is all you need. Any more than that, you're just
0: straight lime it's just juice. Pearls before swine. Yeah, yeah. Totally. All right. Well, uh that was our all part of our Surfrider commercial yeah. that booze education. Yeah. See, you get a lot when you come here. Exactly. Um, so surfrider.org and then just a great organization to support, not only through burrito purchases, but I think it's like twenty five dollar a year membership, super doable. Easy. The other person who um is well worth contributing funds to our good buddy Matt Warshaw. Matt Warshaw. Give me the sales pitch. Dude. Matt
2: Warshaw's is in a sales drive. I think it's for the month of December, and he needs $30,000 in order to keep the lights on at both the Encyclopedia of Surfing and the History of Surfing. Both fantastic resources, a lot of fun. The thing about them, I think, is they're, I use them like I use Wikipedia, mm-hmm. where I just have a weird question about something, and it's, and I love that. Uh, he's kind of taken, you know, cause Wikipedia is always so, you know, is it true? Is it not that, right. that kind of crowd sourced information is, is dubious at best. Sometimes yeah. it's a nice jumping off point, but you know, in case you have a quick question, it's a, it's a nice resource. And Matt to have done what Wikipedia did, you know, for everything for surfing is pretty awesome. And it's, you can go down the funnest rabbit rabbit holes in the encyclopedia and history and they're just well written. Like that's the dang thing is Matt Warshaw is such a fine writer, and yeah, like a historian. You know, I mean, he's Berkeley educated historian too. So, uh, and it's just three bucks a month, I think, uh, subscription fee, and with that you get uh, Encyclopedia History, and you get Above the Roar, which is his, I think, blog.
0: Honestly it's the encyclopedia of surfing is worth it alone. Totally. Those other things that he's built are really cool as well, but it's like encyclopedia for three bucks a month. It's a no brainer. Yeah, three bucks a month. And I agree with everything you said about him. Um, I just feel like, I don't think people understand because Matt is not a self promoter. The amount of work that's gone into it with zero financial incentive. Yep. Like he built it all on spec without even a business model, uh, you know conceptualized it was just like i'll build it and then i'll figure it out and so he tried a couple of different business models and did a poor job even promoting those you know and so not a promoter no he just really isn't so he needs people like us and i told him i was like dude people don't know they would support you for sure they just don't know and what i think i've figured out over time is like if you ask people want to support you oftentimes, especially totally. if you're building something that good and nobody knew that he needed help. Totally. And it's like the guy's, um, raising a kid, like he's got a family and he's just been doing this as a passion project for four plus years. So, I mean, that's the thing too, yeah.
2: is I think Matt was, uh, saw the writing on the wall that, you know, cause, cause it was a fine enough ish business. I think as a, as a print thing, I mean, they could put out new editions. you know, his publisher would put out new editions every so often. And he would get a, you know, I mean, it wouldn't be a big paycheck, but he would get paid something from that. And instead of doing that, he put it all online, right? For Mm -hmm. everyone to get for, and the three bucks is like three bucks a month is like a silly small amount to pay for, for that resource. I mean, it's way less than you would pay, you know, if you just went and bought the encyclopedia surfing, I don't know how much they retail for, but I I would imagine it's more than,
0: you know, it's probably 30 or 40 bucks. I would think at least. Yeah. And with this, it's continually updated. That's the other thing is like. Yeah, I would love to pay Matt for his back work. But the reality is he said he has an unbelievably long list of things that he needs to add. And he's adding to that list every day and he's trying to prioritize it for what's the most relevant. And it's like, well, that all will take an endless amount of work in the future. So he's got to be able to pay the bills along the way.
2: Are you in the encyclopedia of surfing? No.
0: You should pay Matt...
2: You should tell Matt you will give him some X amount of money if he makes an entry for David Lee Scales your podcaster.
0: Is it acceptable for him to take a payoff like that?
2: I don't think it'd be a payoff. It would just, I mean, you're a. right about me? Sure. You're a surf personality though. Like you, you have every, there's every reason in the world for you to have an entry in the encyclopedia. Of Maybe
0: not enough longevity yet.
2: You think? How long have Pod- you been? How long have you been doing Surf Splendor?
0: I've been doing the podcast for four years.
2: Four years seems like enough longevity to me
0: in the surf world. Yeah, it
2: might be. <laughs> I mean, that's like a that's like you're an old an old man of surfing. What like are you that.
0: ten years in now?
2: Oh, I'm at least. I think I might be twelve or okay. Even I, I'm. I think I'm pushing even fifteen at this really? point. Really, fifteen years? Okay. Not of full time, but of like I think I first started riding for Stab probably fifteen years ago. Yeah. All right.
0: Well, here's what I'm gonna I'll pitch to Matt then. Do a page for uh, podcasting. Oh yeah, doesn't have to be my, my own page, but just a surf podcast page. How
2: much you think that's worth? How much would you pay for um, a page on podcasting?
0: I don't know. What's I have no idea. What's yeah. the right price?
2: He used to Matt used to sell. I mean, his other business model before this was he would sell uh, advertising. So right, you could own yeah. whatever the category was. You sponsor a page. You sponsor a page yeah. exactly. So did you sponsor a page? No. I sponsored uh, drugs and surfing. <laughs> what was the cost? It was cheap. It was like 10 or 20 bucks or something. I
0: thought, I, I do remember looking into it and I think you're right. Like 20, it, I think there was different prices. Yeah. So like oh, yeah, yeah. Kelly Slater would have been expensive. 125 That's bucks. That's what it was. Yeah. I
2: think drugs and surfing was 25 okay. if I recall. And okay. so I, I had drugs and surfing for a year, which it felt really good to own drugs and surfing. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> Only that. lasted
0: a year though. Yeah. Um, well, I have a couple of follow up questions before we get into kind of surf related gossip. One of my favorite new things that you're doing on Beach Grit is your intentional errors. Oh, yeah. You like it? Patrick Ewing instead of oh. Ethan Ewing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jake Patterson yeah. instead of Creed Metagart. You like that? Because it's subtle. But it's like, I looked at that photo of Creed and I'm like, oh my God, you're right. There's
2: a little bit like Jake Patterson,
0: just a very little bit. And then you go down to the comment section and people are like calling you an idiot. Like you don't even know who Greta
2: Decker is. (laughs) Yeah. It makes me the, the subtle, the subtle without any explanation or any, yeah, not, not drumming it up at all. Just a real, I feel
0: like a year ago you would have explained yourself or like put Patrick in Ewing and then crossed out the Patrick and put the Ethan. Yeah. And that was okay, but this is so much better. Yeah, no, just really, like, I feel
2: that in the, uh, I've learned a lot from Trump, right? And in Dude. the f- kind of fake news era, just like making your own narrative for stuff, like, where if I do it long enough, people will really start calling Ethan Patrick and he, he will just become Patrick Ewing.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Well, a lot of kids don't even know who Patrick Ewing was. Sure. Which is That's even not better, even a reference.
2: Which is even better. Like, the fact <laughs> that they're agree. calling him Patrick Ewing and then later find out that Patrick Ewing is an eight foot. New York right. Knicks Black Center for, yeah, I know star basketball player. Well,
0: bravo. It's hilarious Thank to me. And um, that whole idea of, like, what we've... Ways that our society has improved because of Trump yeah. is, like, a super interesting spinoff. Sure. The way that, I don't know, society's improved, but certainly, uh, I don't know, a, there's a savviness to media and to comedy and to things that weren't around before.
2: I do I do think that the, it feels like, you know, every... Uh, there was rule. There were rules before, right? There was this is what you did, and this is what yeah. you didn't do. And Trump came in and didn't listen to any of the rules. And so, like him or dislike him, uh, he totally burned the entire playing field. And so, to me, it's interesting to watch as people are reacting to this brave new world of no rules anymore. Like, right. which some people get real mad about it. Which is fun to you know watch people who get super incensed about mm-hmm. you know the tone of our conversation. Some people play into it. And, yeah. you know, it's a, yeah, it's fascinating.
0: I always feel like surfing is um, a few years behind the rest of media, but also like the way that Twitter works, surfing's kind of behind that. Uh, I guess in reference to maybe Hollywood, surfing's always a little bit behind and politics. Um, I'm curious with all the sex scandals that have been going on, firstly, how Trump has not been more vilified for yep. his indiscretions and then secondly when are we going to have some surf some sex surf scandals i mean
2: it's the the thing i wonder about surfing is if it's so part of the culture uh that there's no way to tease misogyny and well we won't say misogyny but sexual harassment kind of you know like for example yesterday i was at uh in and out right and i was in north hollywood right in the belly of the fire and um there was a you know a a nice guy who was at the counter at in and out and he said something. He complimented the, the the girl on how pretty she was. He like, you know, just some. He was like a line worker or something like that. You know, a real blue collar guy, and said, "Ooh, you know, I don't I don't treat everybody like I treat you. Pretty ladies get a pass. Something like that, right? Because hmm. uh, he was being nice to her, whatever." And I was thinking, well, you know, this just like a blue collar you know, fifties kind of compliment, sixties compliment. He clearly it wasn't harassment, but I was thinking in this day and age that could probably be considered harassment. Right. Uh, and I think just the tone of surfing, you know, complimenting or I don't know the way surfers talk to each other and about things, I think in our brave new world is 100% sexual harassment. Like that's, yeah. that's the, all we do is sexually harass both each other, uh, like of same sex and opposite sex.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I feel like there's something in the works though. Like something's going to come out. Do you eventually. think a shoe
2: is going to drop? But what against it would have to be, I think, If a surfer got busted for sexual harassment, everybody would say, I don't think it would be a story. I think it would have to be a CEO of a company or something.
0: You know what I've often wondered about? And not that there was anything um, illicit about this or non-consensual, but you're doing the documentary with Lisa Anderson. Mm -hmm. Was she not dating? um, What's his name? Head judge. Yeah. The head judge. When he was the head judge, right? They they had a kid together. Did, oh,
2: married yeah. or kid or both? Yeah, they were. I think they were married. Renato uh, Hickel. Renato right? Hickel, yeah, right. Who's still the head judge? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he
0: was judging her heats in no. theory
2: while she was surfing. No, uh, he had to recuse himself. It was a it was okay. a, it was a massive scandal even back then. Right. Um, but yeah, it just so happened that you know judges and surfers travel and they happen to uh, fall in love, I guess. And yeah, she, she got pregnant and. Uh, you know, yeah Renato had to recuse himself I think he had to leave the event site when she was in the water. Okay and Perry Hatchett, I believe it was took over head judging duties when Lisa was surfing. but then of course you know there's still the like uh, anytime something went wrong or any anytime there was a questionable call, it would get pinned on that relationship right so
0: okay. Thanks for filling. Did you get that information from the encyclopedia of surfing?
2: I got that just last night from Lisa herself. We, no way we finished the, Yeah, we finished the interview portion of the film last night. So. How did
0: that randomly just come yeah, up in our good. conversation? That was,
2: was a good call. <laughs> yep. I was fresh, fresh on the, on the top of my brain.
0: Wow. Um, well done. So just last word on Matt Warshaw. Do you know he listens to you and I talk on this podcast while he's taking a nightly bath
2: oh that's a good i did not but that's a good place to listen to a podcast it's a
0: nice visual does matt warshot take nightly
2: baths nightly oh <laughs> matt it's nice to know it's nice to know i'm i am yeah, I'm, I'm happy about that
0: yeah i know it kind of made me warmed yeah. my heart a little bit yeah. too i was just like wow that's it's just again a, weird but it's intimate flattering. it's nice i hope he i hope Flattered. he's
2: drinking a Something in the while he's taking. Him. I hope it's like a full ritual for him. Like turn on the podcast, get in the bath. You glass know, of red wine. Yeah, no, a glass scotch. of white
0: wine would be even cheesier. Oh, just oh, candle yeah. it. I want <laughs> bubbles in that bath. <laughs> okay, Matt, if
2: you can send a picture uh, of that, of your scene, then we can raise even more money. I feel
0: we promise not to post it on beach. <laughs> um, speaking of Jake Patterson slash Creed McTaggart, Have you ever watched a single episode of snake Tales? Uh, No, me neither. Yeah. I don't even know. Like, I don't know if anybody's watching it. Like, Is so, it still around. Yes, it's still around. Jake Patterson does um, documenting his kind of life coaching and traveling on tour with the Italian, or the um, Italian, I was thinking Leonardo, the um, Quicksilver team.
2: I mean, it is the Italian team.
0: Well, it's (laughs) a la, it's a la Peter King doing tour notes. Sure. But with much lower production value, way worse shots, like it's all super pulled back, like from the top of the beach, him shooting with like a handy cam. Have you you never seen it? So I pushed play on episodes four or five times. Okay. And I look at the timer and the timer's like eight minutes long, the, the video itself, and I make it 20 seconds in
2: because it's too shaky.
0: It's yeah. It's terribly produced really within those, you know, first 20 seconds.
2: Okay. I'm going to go in and watch. I want to go see snake hills. I I totally give credit to, uh, or like Jake because of remember when he got kicked out of the booth, him and Duma. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, that's one of my more favorite WSL or ASP things that's ever happened.
0: Yeah, because they were betting beers on whether or not um, Mark Lacomere was going to get the score against Joel Parkinson yep. and the Quicksilver Pro. Yeah,
2: and yeah. like basically making fun and got booted right out of yeah. the booth.
0: Did you feel like that was justified? No.
2: Hell no. Yeah, you? of course yeah. not. That's what all the, I mean, every WSL announcer should be doing a version of that, like, or not everyone maybe, but, but there should be lots of fun making in the, in the booth.
0: There well, my, is. my interpretation at the time of the WSL stance was like, oh, it's because they're advocating for alcohol, drinking and betting. And now look at them and there's, they've got Corona as a sponsor. They yeah, have sure. Jose Cuervo no, as a sponsor. All, yeah.
2: It's all totally. Yeah. yeah hypocritical.
0: Um, well, uh, Snake Tales, Duma. Wait, oh, yeah. irreverence and like making fun. You posted an article about feeling uncertain about your stance as uh, throwing grenades at other surf I media. Did.
2: I, I really had. I, I, I had to look at myself in the mirror.
0: Well, I've said it multiple times in our recent episodes. I feel like you're softening up,
2: dude. I might be. I might be. I, just, I don't the, like it. I mean... The problem is, like, I've been doing this for, again, back to, you know, f- 15 years now. Uh, and I basically had the same shtick. So for me, you know, like, oh. really going out and, and shit-stirring, uh, I suppose it is called. Um, and I was just wondering, what I was really wondering more than is it good or bad... Is, or, you know, or is it, I I didn't care at all if it's right or wrong. Uh, My question was, is it getting tiring? Is my shtick wearing thin, right? And so it was a, it was an aesthetic question about the, you know, the persona or whatever. And not, not that it is a persona anymore. That's the funny thing. I've become who I once pretended to be. Yeah. So this really is me now. I'm just a I'm a fairly crusty asshole, you know, who likes to shit stir and gets a real kick out of it. And so that was the point of that. Is I still enjoy doing it, but I wondered, am I like the weird uncle who's at the party doing the thing that he thinks is funny, but everybody else is looking sideways at him, thinking, "I I wish he would just stop doing this." Like it was funny, you know, his magic show yeah. was funny when we were ten, but now that we're twenty, you know, like, but he's still totally blind to the fact that people are you know, not finding it as amusing anymore. That was my question, which I genuinely didn't know, right? Because you can get myopic in your own thing and think, oh, this is so funny, (laughs) which is what I do at home. But then do other people think it's still funny, which that was my question.
0: Well, there's always going to be a super devout segment that loves magic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So so. there's that. The magic castle is still like, attended well every single night (laughs) that's my market um it's a small market yeah but you got it a a
2: small and shrinking market yeah i just didn't want to i just never wanted to get annoying or i never want to get annoying right like if if what i do is annoying then i'm happy to retire and or you know change well did you find resolution not really like i i realized once i put it up or like i wrote it really honestly um which is kind of rare for me, I I guess in a softening up way, I'm being way more honest these days, like genuinely putting what I'm really thinking, you know, without any spin or without trying to be amusing. Uh, And then when the first comments were coming in, like, oh, you know, we love it, keep doing it or whatever. Like everything was generally positive. I thought, well, that just looks like, um, it looked, I didn't mean to be fishing for compliments, but it totally appeared that I was fishing for compliments. Uh, when the, when I read the comments,
0: I, Can I offer my uh, feedback? Yeah. I would like to um, confirm or affirm you in what you're doing. And I would like for you to commit to this next phase with pure confidence and resolution. Like, uh, Really go and give her hell. Absolutely, dude. And I think that there's a way that you can refine. I, I think like when I look back at your body of work, there's pieces that were more successful than others, you yeah. know, and
2: unsuccessful pieces. <laughs>
0: <there>. <laughs> so I think that you can refine the style. I think the sincerity and the vulnerability of that piece was a strength of it. Okay. And so commit to that. And there, there needn't be just slinging mud for the sake of slinging mud, Yeah, but there definitely needs to be an irreverent gossipy, thing in surfing and you and i have talked about it a lot it's like it's all a joke yeah. surfing entirely is
2: it's a big funny joke it's a
0: big funny joke yep. we're all just playing in the ocean at the end of the day like we were when we were kids with sand castles and boogie boards in the shore break so that's all it is and if you maintain that headspace it does make a lot like a world title campaign look really absurd see here's the thing i mean
2: and i still have i still question like okay so of the surf media from let's let's look at the inertia stab let's throw in surfline and you know everybody else in here uh why does everybody still it it's it's so confusing to me why does everybody still pretend that you know they don't read the bad things written about them or whatever right like, they do yeah you're right it's, they it's totally like, pretend yeah it's cuz it's where it's tiny 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 little puddle of people like there's four people in here if one person saying a bad thing about the other two uh does does pretending that you didn't hear it make you look i mean does say let's just talk about stab and the inertia the ones i pick at the most uh
0: <laughs> i was do, waiting until it took 24 minutes for you to bring them up in yeah, this episode great, good. That's, that's a good. new record
2: that's good uh the stab and the inertia uh when i write bad things about them and they pretend they don't read it or don't respond to it in their minds in their collective minds do they feel like okay we're being we're being the bigger people here uh or do they think we're minimizing what he said by not responding like we're gonna pretend we're gonna pretend that that's so infinitesimal that we didn't even hear it let's pretend we didn't hear it yeah uh or what's the? I'm real curious. If you ever have Ashton or anybody else on the show again, ask them, ask him, or Zach Weisberg What the tactic is? What the tactic with not responding is? I'd yeah. be real curious as, hmm. like, yeah. Do do they think they look better, or do they do they think they're making themselves look good, or do they think they're making me look or Beach Grit look bad?
0: I think they both would answer differently. I do think that the inertia tries to um, act a bit more serious. Yeah. I think Zach's response is like, oh. I'm not going to like lower myself to even have this pissing contest with you yeah. because what we're doing is serious and high-minded <laughs> when it's the exact opposite yeah. where it's like, no, actually the pissing contest is the only fun part of it. That's the only part that matters. Cause it's all absurd. Yeah. You thinking that you're changing the world with what you're doing is actually the silliest thing <laughs> of all, you know, it really is. So true. Um, oh. Well, okay. Moving on. There's a couple yep. of things that have happened pretty significantly in surfing about two weeks ago. We recorded our last episode on the weekend because we had a busy week ahead. Yep. And then Monday, before we published the episode, the WSL released their tour schedule for Boom. next year. Dropping bombs. Dropping bombs. So yep. it kind of cut our, our uh, usurped our episode, so to speak. But um, they added the wave pool. It's on. on. Lowers is off. Yep. Karamas is on. Fiji is off. Yep. What's your thought?
2: You know, I've had a lot. Initially, I thought, well, what the hell is this? Uh, feed Losing Fiji and Trestles, to me, are real big blows to the tour. I understand that Fiji is super expensive to put on. I think it's yeah. the most expensive or or was from when I last heard. Um, losing Trestles, I think losing Southern California's only, you know, or, yeah, Southern California's only tour stop, um, I just thought it was really unnecessary uh, it seems like having a a toehold in surf here. Uh, you would think, you know, you would want if you were that organization. It just didn't make any sense to me, unless they're counting kind of U.S. Open of surfing as that's our that's going to be our you know Southern California thing um, in terms of getting people in the region interested. But yeah, you know, I don't know. Like, I think Derek is not a fan of Trestles. I think Derek Riley at Beach Grit thinks it's overrated and I think some people think Trestles is a wave is overrated but I'll tell you what there's some of the funnest surfing I've ever seen happens at Trestles I think like yeah. in contests like people can throw big alley-oops they can do they can do stuff that the other uh, contests don't lend themselves to as well Chromos right. I, I guess will lend itself to that Totally. Um, but still I just liked I just liked I liked the Hurley Pro I liked the way Hurley ran it Yeah. Uh, I liked you know I liked the whole thing. I liked walking down there. I liked the tent city. I liked everything about the what happened at the at the Hurley Pro. Or I'm practice.
0: sure the WSL did too. I and the surfers probably did. It seems like a business decision, right? Must have. So I'm, I would like to know what's going on on the inner workings. What's going on at Hurley?
2: See, that, I mean that's the thing. So I've tried to get to the bottom of this. I actually put on my my journalism hat and tried to get to the bottom of this. And I can't tell everybody's being fairly cagey. You know, the people that I've talked to from both sides are cagey about whose decision it was. Uh, I mean, for sure it was the WSL's decision. They have the final decision, right? And so the official truth is the WSL decided not to do it. Now, why they decided that I was, I was trying to, or asking, uh, did the WSL tell her like, Hey, last year, you know, the, the licensing fee was a million bucks, this year it's two million, right? Or made it so absurd as to basically make Hurley say, you know, no. Mm-hmm. Did they keep it the same and Hurley couldn't come up with the money? I can't imagine that. Uh, like, I can't imagine that the, that it was there for the same price, you know, that they paid last year and the year right. before and the year before and that Hurley turned it down. Uh, I can't also imagine that Hurley would have asked them to cut whatever the fee was. Um, though maybe, you know, maybe each of those things happen. I, in my, you know, semi-informed thinking, I, I bet that WSL raised the price for it. Um, and Hurley balked at the price.
0: I think Hurley, it's been gossiped that there's inner working or turmoil there within the company between like Nike ownership and not, and maybe potentially selling the company. So I think that there's, Things going on at Hurley, anyways, where they're probably looking at the bottom line, trying to figure out what things they can cut uh, off their expenses, and then additionally, the WSL is going through a similar thing. So maybe the WSL is asking for more. Hurley's looking for things to slash, and it was just the perfect confluence or the imperfect.
2: Could be. You'd think though that uh, of all the things that Hurley does, and you know, I mean, I again, I have no idea what the what the real facts are, but. It seems like live events are, you know, trending these days anyway, from from concerts to, you know, like that's where people think, okay, you know, as kind of traditional television disappears and, you know, on demand takes over and all that. A way you can still guarantee people to come is to put on a live event. Well, Hurley had the license for the only live surf event, you know, at that level that matters in Southern California. And to me, there's real value in that, and you would—I would have imagined that Nike would have seen value in that too. Um,
0: I think there's a huge difference. The live events that you're talking about charge an attendance fee, sure. Whereas the Hurley thing, there's no value in it if you're not earning that money back off ticket sales.
2: But you, I guess, but but I would imagine that ticket sales. Let's think about Coachella or something like that, right? I mean, the ticket, I guess, to Coachella is extremely expensive, but. You know, I mean, you're also selling merch and there's, there's ancillary ways to make money when you have a lot of people gathered and not that a lot of people ever went to, you know, I guess. No, that's the thing. Maybe that's just what it was that trestles, trestles is is a little bit difficult to get to,
0: um,
2: for most of Southern California
0: with the U S open, they're probably selling a ton of merch. They build those giant stores in the sand. Totally. Yeah. So that might be the the issue.
2: Is the U S open Hurley?
0: it's been vans the last couple of years vans. when it was hurley is when they were doing all the concerts exactly. and things, then okay. the riot happened yeah, so they scaled that was it down awesome.
2: that was awesome <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: there's some great
2: fight videos that oh, came my out goodness. of that it was so much fun
0: my favorite one was um this car pulls up to a stoplight on main street in the midst of the riot and the person filming is on the sidewalk and people are harassing the driver and like won't let him get past the stop sign and somebody comes over and kicks the car passenger gets out of the car walks up to the guy that kicked the car boom one like left cross kos the guy hits the ground the guy who got knocked out his buddy walks up to fight kos that guy a third guy walks up to fight kos that guy three punches three kos gets back in the car And they drive off like nobody tries to stop him at that point. Is that, is that still around? Yeah. I was on YouTube when I saw it. Okay. We got to put that on. I'll look for it. Yeah. I'll get, dude, it would be perfect for your Instagram account. Totally. Okay. It was so good because you were rooting for the guy in the car Sure. because they were just getting picked on by everybody around and blocked and he just handled it. That is awesome. It was so good. Uh, Were you there for the riot? No. You live in Huntington. I live in Huntington. Honestly, I don't even go to the U S open. Okay. And I often go out of town for the U S open. Okay.
2: Okay. So. See, so. Oh, and that's back to the Hurley Pro. I feel that that's the way uh, I've talked to a number of surfers from San Clemente about the Hurley Pro mm-hmm. leaving, and I would have thought they would have been bummed, right? Everyone is good riddance. Really? Uh, yeah, not that they dislike having a contest in their backyard, but I think what it brings to trestles for the for the, you know, basically it cancels trestles out all year. I mean if you want to ever go down there and get waves, right? Right. Like, it does, yeah. It you know, the the surfers come super early to train and whatever. Yeah. And they have a bunch of junior events there too that take place at lowers. And so it just yeah, I think the or from my understanding, the local surf population was happy to see it go.
0: Yeah, you know, um Fiji's an interesting one. I understand the expense involved and again it's a business decision. I remember last year them releasing a statement saying outer known signed on for a three year contract.
2: But for sure, I think I said at the time, and we'll definitely say now, I, I guarantee I don't guarantee, but I would imagine <laughs> that Outer Known never paid a dime, right? That they gave the they gave the name naming rights to Kelly as maybe part of the wave pool deal or something, right? It was like this, okay, we can't sell this anyway. Let's call it the Outer Known Pro. I, there's no there's no way in the entire world that Outer Known wrote a check for $0. five cents or $0. ten cents or any amount to the WSL for that. Hmm. It was a it was something that they inventory that they had that they couldn't sell. Uh, instead of selling it at a deep discount, they threw Kelly's company on it as part of another thing they've got going on.
0: Well what I don't like though is it being so incestuous. Yeah. Like Kelly and his investors being involved in the WSL and the wave pool and sure, now the W S L owns the wave pool. Yep. Because then they just changed the rules like this. Yeah. This is back to fake news, you know, or like Trump stealing the national park lands recently. It's like, you can't just tell us one thing next year and then change the rules. The following.
2: See, that's the thing though. In the, in the, day and age of trump there are no rules anymore. i know there's nothing like there are no rules
0: and then you're just supposed to have forgotten what you said last year and sure ignore it and now like yeah. i'm not down with that
2: yeah i mean which brings i guess to the point of having the, the big thing here like Chromos is great and whatever however many tears you want to or you know i'm upset that Trestles has gone but whatever uh the wave pool do you want to watch an event at the wave pool
0: I will definitely watch this first event at the wave pool.
2: You'll watch the the event in its entirety. Yes. You'll watch heat one through <laughs> heat, whatever. No, you, like... You can make your point, but I will for
0: this first event.
2: Sure. I mean, I'll, I'll tune in, uh, obviously. But I will be surprised. Color me surprised if I'm interested at all. Right. Like if the consistency and knowing what's going to happen and watching somebody perform, I feel... It's going to bore me. Like, I feel like I'm going to be watching ice dancing yeah, after about five minutes. And, you know, I don't like to watch ice dancing.
0: No, I, I totally agree. But I want to watch it just um, to see what it's going to do to surfing in the future. Like, can we figure out a way to objectively score the the, the sport? Is that a good thing? Or is it a bad thing? Um, is it Does it actually intensify the rivalry aspect you know like if you're both given the exact same surface then does it uh i don't know yeah does it intensify the competition aspect if it's not a wave catching contest i mean I would if ima- it's just a surf contest i would
2: imagine where the pressure is going to be most is on the judges right I think yeah there's, of course. there's holes in the judges you know or or there's been criticism of the judges you know regularly that they yeah. don't understand progressive surfing that they yeah. judged so they're gonna have to really or the wsl will have to really 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 get together before that event i think and really set the criteria. Yeah. Like, so surfers know, you know, we are basically going to judge an air reverse at this, you know, a whatever at this or whatever at this depending, and then yeah. give it a degree of difficulty, which surfing's never had degree of difficulty before as part of the judging criteria at speed, power flow, right? There's no degree of difficulty where I think it's kind of assumed in those things, but it can't be assumed anymore. Now that the, the playing field is, is static, static, right.
0: consistent, that's Just, for sure.
2: Uh, where so it's got to. I think they'll have to adopt a gymnastic style where your move gets scored something, and the or or how you pull your move uh, is one score, and the the degree of gif- difficulty is added onto that score. So yeah, I agree. Like so, it's going it's going to by virtue or by yeah by virtue of what it is, it's going to have to change the way they score. I think if they score it like they score any regular event, uh, it won't work. Like it flat out won't work because then it's going to be, it's going to be apples and oranges. And
0: you know, what else is interesting is um, we've always talked about doing the right maneuver for a given wave, like at J Bay, you know, not doing airs or whatever. I feel like almost the opposite will apply here because Getting barreled there is not has zero degree of difficulty, it's super easy to do. Watching somebody get barreled from one end of a pool to the other actually isn't hard at all when the wave is programmed to barrel. And there's in the ocean the reason why it's cool is because it's unexpected and you don't know how to thread it and things like that. So, I'm wondering if, like I said, now doing an alley oop on the barreling section. Is what will be viewed as the raddest thing ever. You're not supposed to do it there, but Felipe did it there, and that's incredible. Whereas if he just sat in the barrel, well, Sierra Kerr did that, and she's 11 yeah. or 10. You yeah, know? totally. I so mean, that
2: could be interesting. Which, and I would imagine by the time that they're really ready for it, they'll be able to throw different waves out. Yeah. You know, but again, like if you're programming different waves to come out of the thing each time say like, okay, this one is going to barrel at the start. This one's going to barrel at the end. This one's going to have, you know, whatever, however they can change it. Cause I believe they can change it on the, not on the fly, but they can change it one wave to the next now.
0: Yeah. There's dozens of waves programmed into the machine. Sure.
2: But then you have a man programming that in. Yeah. What about the bias of that man? Yeah. Right? Like what if he sees fleet coming up and does he have, you know, or is it all random? Like, is it, right. is before the heat set, or before the heat draw, they have to set the thing up, or they have to program the entire day's, you know, machine. And so, which again, you're just, you're taking this thing that's perfect and trying to make it look random, Mm -hmm. which seems like a real, I mean, yeah, the wave pool, uh, I think it's going to be an utter disaster. Yeah. I think, I I think competitively. Yeah. I think think it would be theoretically fun to surf. Uh, I think maybe if you could surf it once. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think... To watch somebody surf it, I don't give two shits.
0: Well, we've already stopped caring about all the Instagram videos that I don't, come out uh,
2: when when they come on. Now yeah. I flip past as exactly. quick as I can. Exactly, I don't want to see anybody else on that wave pool.
0: I watched one yesterday, and it was worth watching, which was Alex Nost.
2: Oh, I I did see that one too, but yeah. I didn't. I did not find it worth watching.
0: He just knows riding the barrel sure. is cool. Yeah, you know?
2: but like, who cares?
0: I cared. Like, I think. Steph Gilmore nose riding the barrel in the contest there a while back was yeah. freaking rad. Like yeah. on a shortboard, I was like, whoa, that was super cool. And I've seen, I feel like the nose ride barrel was something I saw in the 70s a little bit. And then it literally went away for 30 plus years. And now I'm starting to see this remer- re yeah, emergence of it. And it looks super cool.
2: Well, I mean, I guess if the, I'll be surprised, but that'll be a, a positive thing about the weight pool, I suppose. If people, you know, start doing different things yeah. or, you know, drawing drawing from different eras of surfing to add something that's interesting. Yeah. I did not find Alex Nose nose ride barrel interesting though. I'm
0: disappointed. Part of my mission with getting together with you every two weeks is to get you to consider surf craft other than shortboards.
2: No, yeah, never never gonna happen.
0: I know. I thought that might have been like a little nope. step in the right direction. Nope. Well we got you onto the A-Sims, which is already a, a win I for did. me.
2: it is that it, it is if if there was such thing as a slippery slope I would be on the slippery side but there's absolutely no way the Dev, egg not is even coming Devin Howard <laughs> Devin Howard it's did not you gonna see, happen
0: there's another video that I saw yesterday that was a pretty insane Kai Lenny's barrel at Nell Scott Reef
2: oh I didn't see it dude it's insane okay
0: um Punker Pat posted it Pat O'Connell posted it and I've somebody else they've got like three different angles a drone angle a beach angle what's he surfing a giant gun like it looks it's the same equipment he'd ride at jaws probably okay the third angle is his gopro angle looking kind of at him from the nose and it just he takes off on this insane there's a lot less definition to that wave than there is in jaws like jaws is a perfect wave so he takes off on a wave that you're not sure how it's gonna what it's gonna do and he threads the thing so beautifully on a massive uh, paddle gun it's so rad.
2: Which you see and like juxtaposed to the wave pool yes, again. That's exactly. exact like the fact that that Kylani has the skill to read that thing and react in real time mm-hmm. is that's to me the beauty of surfing, right? Is that's what that's what separates the pros for me is I would see that thing open up and maybe if I had 20 minutes to think about it, uh, I could figure out what kind of line I was going to do and then I would still fail. Yeah. To, to be able to read that thing and know what it's going to do and where to position yourself in real time is that's, I mean, that's when surfing becomes magic. I when agree. you When you even get a minute of that in yourself, when you get that sneaky little barrel and you ride it right, you yeah. know, out or you hit actually hit the section where right when it's jacking up or whatever, like those moments in your own surfing life, I feel are, you know, that that's surfing. And that's what the wave pool I would imagine doesn't afford.
0: I, I completely agree. It's the improv and the not knowing and the having to live in the moment, yeah. the living in the moment thing. I've brought this up on the podcast in the past, but that was Timothy Leary's uh, reasoning for why surfers are the most enlightened human beings was every Buddhist will talk about like you have to live in the moment to reach enlightenment and nobody else does. Everybody's always looking into the future a little bit or looking into the past. All of energy travels in waves Sound waves, microwaves, all that. Surfers are the only humans who figured out how to ride the wave of energy and live in real time. Everything they el- everything else they do gets washed away. Your footprints on the sand walking to the beach get washed away. But for that time that you're on the wave, you're in real time. Well, that's fantastic. And, and you're right, though. So the, the wave pool strips all of that away because you know what it's going to do before it does it and you can map out your ride Kai Lenny's is the perfect example of improv on the fly and wrangling a 10-foot gun through it, a tube, which gotta, is insane
2: watch i'm excited to watch Kai Lenny's tube
0: as he gets spit out that very last little push he gets lifted off his board and one foots it out of the barrel. Oof. His front foot stays on. His back foot comes completely off. And then he just comes right back down, lands it, and comes out on the oh, shoulder. see. So I'm, it's so sick. And that is art. So you got beach angle, drone angle, and GoPro angle.
2: Did they just know he was going to go smoke it that day? I mean.
0: The whole crew was up there. Okay. So that's why it was being documented. Okay. But fully booted and like suited with a hood and everything, so didn't warm up there. No, and that's different. Like I'm used to seeing him at Jaws, so yeah. it was it was a phenomenal little clip. Uh, Hawaii sunset versus Honolulu. Which contest did you watch? They you know, ran simultaneously.
2: I'll say I watched uh, I watched Honolulu. Did you really? I did. Why though? Um, why did I watch Honolulu? That's a good question. I think I was actually caught up for a moment in the. Uh, title race for the mm-hmm. women's i was i watched when but and i don't think sunset was running during the exact time i watched right well
0: there were portions of the events that ran simultaneously yeah
2: yeah uh i didn't watch much of sunset even though i really love sunset okay. I i was just happened not to have much time but okay. uh but yeah i did watch um tyler wright you know when she won that heat like yeah. i watched
0: i think i watched three heats
2: yeah courtney
0: courtney lost and then i think yeah you're right tyler had to beat kind tyler had to beat whoever was in her heat malia maybe
2: i I don't remember remember. yeah yeah. Yeah, whoever it was tyler had to beat and tyler you know won decisively and and honolua looked so fun it was pumping and the girls were surfing really good did you watch any of it
0: i did yeah i think she beat brisa hennessy yeah that's That's what it was yeah um yeah. I did watch some of it when I had to choose between sunset and Honolulu. I chose sunset okay. every time, but I did watch it. The thing of it is like, you're right. The waves are so fun looking Yeah, and it suits certainly Stephanie Gilmore style, like unbelievably totally. well. And I would love to go surf it, but I know it's a challenge to get waves out there, you know, like, yeah. and I will surf it one day and I'll battle it out. But I think about could you imagine with one other surfer Being for 30 with,
2: minutes, which is, which is the, yeah.
0: Oh my God. It looks so fun. Dude. No,
2: that wave looked. And that, that's why I think I liked watching that contest more yeah. or not more than sunset, but that's why I watched it is because those waves looked so fun and the girls were surfing them so perfectly. It like, suits them perfectly. Yeah. Not, and not to be overly sexist, but yeah, if the women's tour did more like that, it like had waves that really suited what, you know, th- what the women's tour is right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I love, I, you know, three heats. I, I haven't watched three back-to-back heats of women surfing in my entire life. Right. Uh, and just the way the swell looked, the way they were surfing it, it was, it was captivating and wonderful viewing.
0: Well, congrats to Tyler Wright on her second world title and Steph Gilmore on winning the event as well. Um, Derek posted an interview he did with Gary Elkerton who was tripping out watching the sunset event about the guys riding six sixes yep. saying like, that's definitely not the right thing to do. Um, they're writing six, six, six sixes on the inside while there's 12 footers breaking out the back. Yep. And his thought was like, look in my day we used to get those 12 footers connect the dots through to the inside and then rip the inside as well. And that's what these guys should be doing. What do you reckon?
2: Yeah. I, I reckon Kong is right. Do I you? Mean, sure. If there's, if there's bombs breaking out the back and you're not there, like, unless there's something really wrong with them, to me, come on. Especially at a beach like Sunset. where Those are mush, whole...
0: mush burgers, though. Sure, but it's the whole point of Sunset, right? I don't know. I mean, it was up until I watched Baron Mamiya freaking rip the inside bowl with, like, three super insane turns. Yeah, Like, I don't in know. the bowl, you know? So, like, I agree with Kong in theory, but I just go, well, if you're going to surf the 12-footer out the back, you do need, like he said, a 7'6". And then when you get to the inside bowl, you can't do the vert snap that Baron Mami is doing. And I'd rather watch the vert snap. But let's
2: let's talk honestly now. We live in the future, right? Where board transfers are a oh. regular thing. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't somebody paddle out on a on a proper gun? And, you know, like Brad Domkey's skimboarding in waves now. You could easily ride a skimboard on that inside section or, a, you know, a skimboard like surfboard where you literally, you paddle to catch the burger bomb. Awesome weave it through, and then transfer, how sick would that be? 10-point ride. Exactly. I don't even
0: care what you do on the wave. If you pull off the transfer, I'm giving you a 10.
2: Is that a – you think that's against the rules? Do you think you cannot paddle out on two boards? There's no
0: rule that says that it's not allowed. I know if you go down to your chest, that then counts as a new ride. But they don't – okay, so you're – If you had to transfer, like jump off and land on your stomach and then get up again – That would not count as one continuous ride. But But those guys
2: don't, those guys, I mean, at least Domkey and Jamie O'Brien and those guys always, they hop on their feet. They're never going. Yeah.
0: Then that counts. I think they're
2: transferring into foot. Yeah. Then that counts. I want to, I want to put the challenge out to Jamie O'Brien next year, sunset.
0: (sighs) Of like the hundred surfers that surfed in sunset. I can't believe none of them thought of this. It must be illegal. I think they're just not that bright.
2: I mean, that's true. Also, you could, you could almost this day and age with board technology, I bet you could, you could like jettison the back half of your board, right? Like you could have foldable fins come out of like run up to the nose, have the back half of the board break away like a rocket. Mm-hmm. And now you're on the inside bowl on a, on a, you know, five, 10.
0: Perfect. Yeah. I don't know why we're smarter than everybody else. That's like
2: it's a, a good question.
0: We're board designers or yeah. innovative wave riders. Yeah.
2: At sunset. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah,
0: engineer a brand new world tour for the WSL.
2: I do like I do like guys taking off on big boards on big burgers though. I like to watch that.
0: Like so, Kong was his argument was like, that is super challenging to do. Connecting yep. the dots, reading the way that the inside bowl is going to connect, like that is so challenging. And I'm thinking, yeah, that is challenging, but so is doing three turns in the lip at the inside bowl at sunset. Like sure. that's insanely challenging. So you can't, Kong, you can't argue that one is more challenging than the other. They're just entirely different things. That's and, true. And of course his argument is, yeah, but this is what sunset is for. You're supposed to.
2: I also reckon though, like uh, Mason serves really long, like true. his dad makes him or doesn't make him, but I think has has taught him the ways him. of a longer board, right? But yeah. Which Mason rides a pipe and everywhere else where I reckon you could have a, I mean, was Mason in the sunset? Countries? Yeah.
0: How'd he lost it? early.
2: Okay. On a big board?
0: I don't remember. But yeah, probably. I'd like
2: to Sounds see. Sounds familiar. Okay, I'm going to go back and do some forensic analysis. So I know, but
0: you're it. right. He does generally ride much bigger boards than Yeah, where,
2: where I reckon that the way board design is today, too, you could have a bigger board that you could still catch the outside bergs right. and and maybe not shred quite as hard, but shred properly on the inside bowl.
0: It was interesting. The final ended up being three. Uh, well, there was four people, but three of them were California. Yep like groomed since they were children to be professional surfers. Griffin Colapinto, Chloe Andino, and um, Connor Connor Coffin, who ended up winning the event. I've really questioned that investment on surf brands and even parents. Like to start sponsoring a kid for six figures when he's 12 years old, hoping that by the time he's 18, that he's on the world tour and you somehow recoup that investment and this is the first time where it actually looks like, Hey, maybe
2: it's a good investment. Maybe. They,
0: yeah. Maybe yeah. they What are your thoughts on that kind of model of early sponsorship with California Groms? I mean, it's just a rough one,
2: right? Like if a kid is, is preternaturally talented, then you want to give him or her all the resources in the world, sure. or whatever they can get. And it's not, to me, it's like similar to a rich dad who tell you know, doesn't give his son money, And makes him go work in order to teach him values and lessons and all that, which is all artificial and weird anyway, because the dad's rich. And so you're just, you're just foisting some fake thing that onto your, you know, some set of rules onto your son to what end? Like, I mean, to me, that's artificial. Also having a amazingly talented 12 year old kid who's not cashing a surf paycheck is just artificial. Like, and, and the artificiality sort of, uh, Cancels out. I think, you know, the like if a kid sucks, then yeah, don't don't pay him. But if a kid is good, he's gonna get, good, gonna get and should get paid to serve.
0: Yeah i I don't know about shoulds, you know, because it's just like
2: I mean, as long as somebody's willing to pay him. But to turn it to turn it down to turn the paycheck down because no. you know, I want Junior to really earn like learn the value of a dollar or whatever or i want him to surf because it's fun or whatever reason you're gonna put out there to me if he's good enough to have like and all three of those guys right connor uh kolohe and griffin are all i guess connor a little bit to a lesser degree but i really love the way connor surfs right yeah like connor is on a different i think okay so kolohe and griffin i think are kind of two peas in a pod right san clemente kids Mm -hmm. who are like groomed to surf to the criteria, basically I have a well-rounded more or less game. You know, it'll take a while f- to fill in some of the bigger wave stuff or whatever, but well-rounded really good in the air, like really quality turns, etc., cetera, et cetera, where, you know, and I feel that, uh, uh, Connor decided at some point just to become on an, an old school power surfer. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's awesome too. But in any case, they're all crazily gifted, and not to, not to have been sponsored or, or paid to surf would have just been weird.
0: See, I am going to take a different stance. I think we're entering a super interesting time in surf and just, I, I don't know, maybe in culture at large, where the Wade Carmichael's of the world, who is mm-hmm. the other guy in that final, mm-hmm. by the way, are the ones... Everything in this world that we do, it's all going to be the underdog and the undersponsored and the self-funded and all of that, that reigns supreme. So we're seeing it with surf brands. We're seeing it like with Matt Warshaw's Encyclopedia of Surfing, where it's kind of like, talk to anybody. Do they still subscribe to Surfer Magazine? No. Well... Surfer Magazine needs, let's say, 100,000 subscribers to stay in business. Warshaw needs 2,000. And as the subscriber, you can email Warshaw and he'll email you back. You know, and so there's this personal connection between him. And he's actually more knowledgeable than anybody that worked at the magazine. He used to work at the magazine. So all these things, you self-generating content, me self-generating content, these are the relationships that people want to have, and I think it's going to be reflected in our professional surfers. So this will be, I mean, already qualified for the tour, Wade Carmichael, William Cardoso. um, There's a number of guys that are also sponsored and fully funded. But I think that the guys who will survive on tour will be the Cardosos and the Carmichael.
2: See, here's the difference, though, I think, is you i and matt warshaw have no talent uh (laughs) i think we've like done the the best we can you know really cobbled together whatever we can from a very limited set of resources where talent i think changes this 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 dynamic right so i think sometimes like kolohe griffin let's just yeah keep on the kolohe griffin train like are again preternaturally talented right they have skill and ability above and beyond the average guy now whether that gets spoiled out of them or whether it you know like lonzo ball plays for the lakers as a dad you know but lonzo ball is whether you like him or dislike him is is incredibly gifted right can can pass the ball like very few others um was bred to do that, but also has the talent to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Which that's the difference, I think. That sure, the Wade Carmichaels and Willian Cardosos and you know all the rest of them, uh, the the blue collar sluggers are great and fun to root for. But surfing is still a talent game. Okay. And I don't know. I that think we're
0: entering a new era. And
2: you think the talent the talent is going to shift? Well, to that's the, suggesting
0: the, that Wade Carmichael doesn't have talent. How old is Wade Carmichael? I don't know. I'm going to say 24. If
2: Wade Carmichael is 24, uh, then yeah, I think Wade Carmichael is, is clearly talented. And I think uh, having a blue collar slugger, uh, is awesome. And I think professional surfing also, you know, there's a lot more that goes into it than just surfing. You have to read the wave, you have to read your opponent, you have to play, you know, no tactics and all that kind of stuff. So there's something there, but I think, uh, pure ability, um, is, not going to necessarily trump uh, those other things,
0: but that's I think, my point.
2: But I think pure ability. If you stick a surfer out there, I mean, I guess, yeah,
0: I don't know. Well, so he's, saying, he's 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 twenty five, by the way. I just looked him up on the and, WSL site. Here's my counter, or here's my additional argument. Ethan Ewing, yeah, right, Patrick. had all the markings, uh, like that preternatural talent that you're talking about, all the industry support. I think he actually was either first or second on the QS last year when he qualified. All everything you need to be a success story. He like his junior career proves that he's also a competitive tactician, you know. Sure. And then he goes onto the CT this year Failed. and he wins one heat throughout Badly. the whole year, yeah. and then loses in the third round, even though he won the first round or the second round heat. So you have to que- question: Well, what does it take on the CT if it's not? This unbelievable talent, because by all everybody's measure, he is like a top ten talent in the world. Sure, Which, you know,
2: and I guess maybe you do have a point. Like looking at the um, the incoming rookie class, right? There's four, I believe, Brazilians, uh, and two are uh, Griffin, correct? Uh, four br- and Wade Carmichael. So there's yeah. four Brazilians, two, uh, one American, one Australian, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know much about the four. Brazilians, I will say that. Thomas Tomas, Hermes Tomas Hermes. is my is my new favorite surfer. Okay. I've decided for the year and maybe yeah, for the future as well. Uh I'm a I'm a Hermes guy. Okay. Um but yeah, the rest of them I don't know. I don't well, like, so do my, you know anything about
0: him? Yeah. I mean Yago Dora. We oh, saw Yago, him I compete. Y- I know Yago. Jesse Mendez, I've seen oh, slugging it, it out back. for a long time. Yeah.
2: Jesse Mendes to me is one of those is one of those real blue collar kind of competitive
0: guys. Yeah not exciting to watch those so much, you yeah. know, like I feel like lump him in with Connor O'Leary, um, Wiggly Dantes, Ace bukken Yeah. Um, they're
2: like the bread and butter. Of yeah.
0: Super but, talented, but yeah, they're I'm, never
2: going to rise above eight.
0: And even that you can make a career doing it. And I'm jealous that he can do it, but I'm not super excited to watch. Yeah. William Cardoso. I'm super excited to watch. It's,
2: is will in your favorite out of that? that batch of the incoming rookie batch.
0: Wade Carmichael's my favorite.
2: You're you're a Wade man. Yeah. So you think Wade by virtue of his work ethic yes. and stuff is just going to is going to punch his ticket through heats.
0: I think in this modern era that is what's going to resonate with the judges, with everybody else and the headspace that's required to get to where he's gotten is that one little factor that I'm asking you it is required to make CT heats. And I don't think it was five years ago, and I'm not sure it was even last year, but I think we're at this flashpoint where it's like everything, like we all want to see him win, and he's going to benefit from all that energy that we're throwing his way.
2: What do you think about Griffin though? Griffin's the most talented
0: coming on, right? You know, yeah. It's like, I like Griffin. I love the way he surfs. Every wave he watches, I'm blown, or I watch of him surfing, especially at sunset. I'm blown away. But I can't help but lump him in with the sure. Ethan Ewings of the past.
2: So you think that you think that uh, he's going to have a Griffin's going to have a shocker on tour. He's going to come in and win one heat.
0: Maybe, yeah, really? yeah. I, 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 mean, what I will say is, I think Wade Carmichael at the end of the year will be ranked higher than Griffin.
2: See, okay, so I think in the short term, sure, but I think that you know, you all your Michael Jordans, your Kelly Slater's, your Andy Irons uh, of the world will all, always end up basically on top like the one with the most talent um who mixes in the other stuff is always like you know maybe sure every once in a while there's some random one was the last random i mean adriano de souza was the last random kind of surfer to win a title uh and adriano really is not that random he was he's, he's no, always he's a, yeah he's a but really he's a good
0: blue collar guy ish but he's like had sponsor backing issues sure yeah. but
2: but part of that is because he looks like a four-foot troll right i mean let's yeah be honest. maybe so yeah
0: <laughs> Um, I think that look, I mean, even the Eddie could go sponsorless, like the Eddie could run with crowdfunding. It's not going to run with crowdfunding. No, it won't, but it could, in theory, it could, you know, like we're at this time where that could happen. I mean, and that's true. I mean, I will totally give you that
2: the traditional structures have, have, and are breaking down, which allows for a lot more different kinds of stuff. But I'll also say that the 1% will keep their their boot on the neck of the ninety nine, and they'll figure out ways to do it better and quicker. Yeah, uh, like then, then you know the blue collar guy.
0: The problem is even the big companies are going out of business, or certainly losing funding to really fund these guys anymore. Um, well, you know, Jack Robinson isn't necessary. like I heard that he's not on billabong anymore. Really? Yeah. Stab reported it by the way. Oh, well. All right. Good job, <laughs> it's, so it's an unofficial report. Wow.
2: I wonder, do you think stab cause stab would have, would uh, have contributed to that? Right. I mean, stab publishing the story yeah. of, of Jack's dad being a, being naughty and drunk
0: or whether they contributed or whether it's just a true story. And that actually led to sure, the do you,
2: release. Do you think that Jack Robinson will uh, blame stab for getting him
0: fired? No, I don't think you would. I would blame Stab. Would you? Yeah. <laughs> Looking for any opportunity to blame Stab. <laughs> um, I think that, and if wetsuit companies, you and I have talked about it. It's like wetsuits are now available, better quality for half the price than from the big retailers or the big brands. So I think that it's just a time where it's like, dude, we want a more, we want a better product for less price and be connected with the person who's creating that product artisanal and... Yeah, I think that'll translate to pro surfers. Maybe,
2: but okay, if you had a exceptionally talented child, say you have a 10-year-old son who's really like going crazy, going bananas, people want to sponsor him, et cetera, et cetera. Well, what do you do?
0: Of course, I'm going to take the easy money, dude. Okay. Okay, so that's the other question is we've seen like in beer, let's say, Budweiser will either buy microbrews or they'll just invent a microbrew. They'll make shock top and just say like, oh, this is a microbrew and like we're going to, make small quantities or say that we're making small is, quantities. Is Top
2: a micro I mean, a Budweiser no, owned?
0: it's a Budweiser okay. owned thing, like but began. I think Budweiser invented Started it, it okay. to compete with the microbrew brands. Okay. okay. So my question is, when do we see surf brands start doing that? When does Billabong create some small, I mean, they've already gone through and like bought brands sure. and that didn't work for them. And they've tried to sell them off some successfully. And so now when do they come and create a small brand or a small podcast, or a small surf gossip website, sure. to compete with you and I, with the core, to reconnect with the core.
2: They did it. It's called Summer Teeth.
0: Quicksilver did it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But,
2: but, uh, yeah, bad timing. I, it was the, bad, bad timing. They yeah. should have. They should have held. Summer Teeth would have been a smash hit. A smash indie hit today. It's now uh, called Former. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you see, here's the thing, though: is is again, I say we're talented talentless but the real truth is we also we have a modicum a tiny bit of talent that uh, it's it's really hard i think to manufacture oh i guess that's what it is and this is going to sound totally cliche we don't have talent i i I restate we don't have talent but we are authentic in what we're trying to do and i hate that word authentic but it's really 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 hard to manufacture authentic authenticity Mm -hmm. which i think if a brand did it even if they got the right person it would. It's really, really hard. Like the. I think the right, right. the listener and the consumer is a lot more savvy than is given credit for to sussing out uh, like a fake.
0: Well, so that's the exact point. Is that all that you and I have done is recognized that the larger brands, the media companies, even the WSL, has abandoned the core. Sure. The person that got them there in the first place. They abandoned them a long time ago. In an effort to sell more units to more people, because the core is actually pretty small. So you and I slipped in and go, went like, "Oh well, my friends are all the core, and I like having conversations in the parking lot at the beach, and this is just an extension of that, and gossiping about who's dating who." And so let's talk about that. And so we've re-engaged the core, and we also answer their direct messages and we answer their emails and stuff like that. So, but the WSL or the WSL and whoever else have recognized that we're now doing that and they can either choose to purchase or try to create something that is similar, but you're right. Like there's no faking authenticity. No. So they'd have to just employ the right person to do it.
2: But that's the thing too. I mean, I think they even, like, I think the only way out for is for the WSL to purchase. I, I think, think the so. WSL should go on a purchasing spree and they should probably buy beach grit. Uh, what's your, what's your price? To the WSL? Yeah. I would sell Beach Grit today to the WSL for a cool $3 million. Okay. Yeah. WSL.
0: I think, yeah, I've I've thought about that with examples of like the tech world. Like, yeah. if fa- I'm sure Facebook in the early days, I'm sure Yahoo came along. I think about this with uh, Matt Warshaw, actually, yeah. with the EOS. It's like, I'm sure in the early days, Yahoo came along and said, hey, we'll give you $100 million. Yeah which was an astronomical figure for zuck but his vision was so much greater that he was like that's actually a paltry sum even though i have no revenue model and so i would like to think that like warshaw keeps that mentality in place where it's like what i'm doing is actually more significant than anything that you guys endeavored to do and has more i don't know if i just engage individuals on a one-on-one basis, I can actually grow this and be more, you know, profitable. But, but what about
2: Snapchat? They came to Snapchat, remember, and said, we'll give you X amount of billion of dollars. And the donor said, ha, no. And now Snapchat is like worthless.
0: So you got to be super savvy you and, really and savvy. you have to be resolute in your plan.
2: I mean, I guess you have to be resolute and believe in what you're doing. Yes. Like if money comes, great. If money doesn't come, great. Except for, yeah, I mean, I guess just to keep the lights on. That's the crazy thing is Matt's $30,000 fundraiser. I mean, it's a infinitesimal amount, right? Yeah. It's not like Matt Warshaw needs four hundred thousand dollars. Like no. there's zero greed in the thing. It's right. just the base bare minimum that it takes for him to keep the lights on, yeah. right? Uh to, to draw the smallest salary in the entire world and run the thing. Yeah. Um yeah.
0: Talking about lack of engagement or or kind of abandoning a core, um, you posted an article on Beach Grit entitled Dear WSL, I Am Not a Retard. The author Liam Carroll talks about the WSL pandering to the lowest common denominator. um, This whole concept of like abandoning the core and trying to broaden the audience. So do you think that the WSL specifically can successfully entertain both the core and the new novice audience?
2: Yes. And it's so retarded to me that that they haven't figured this out. It's Every other sports league, it's called color man and straight man. Right. And the WSL only has fucking straight men and they're all like fine enough to listen to, but they neither engage an outside audience nor do they engage the core. So you have this pool of bland nothing where if you would have like Ronnie and uh, Joe are totally fine as a straight man, Right. Uh, Strider is almost okay as color. He just doesn't have enough, I think, um, insight. Uh, and uh, what's the name? Who's John John's coach? Ross Williams. Ross was almost good as a color man, because, but he wasn't quite interesting enough. I thought like he had good insight, but he it wasn't, you know. But I mean, why don't they bring Jake Patterson back as a color or Duma or anybody who's You know both funny insightful maybe going to go off the rails a little bit and that that's why that works in sports you have the straight guy who calls the action you have the color guy who adds insight and you can have they could have multiple color guys right there's just no color in the WSL it's not that hard you get guys who the color guy would engage basically speak to the core community Um, and again with the dang crappy shit authenticity thing I hate authenticity but I wish there was another word for it. But since there's not, uh, the audience that doesn't know surfing still wants to absorb. They want it to feel authentic. It doesn't feel authentic. No. The WSL broadcast so does not feel authentic. It's not. It's the way zero surfers talk. It's the way zero surfers engage with surfing. The way that Joe Trapel and Martin Potter talk about surfing is isolated to Joe Trapel and Martin Potter. So real surfers listen to it or watch it and say that that's not me non-surfers watch it yeah. or don't watch it but if they did watch it they would say what is this
0: by trying to appeal to everyone they appeal to no one to no one yeah zero well it's a total wash the author used the ufc as an example of commentators that are actually doing a phenomenal job at what they're doing because totally. they're speaking on a very high level completely as experts in this sport analyzing it expert level they're never pandering down no and so and i i thought that was actually a really good example and it it highlights what you're talking about which is the ufc when it first happened was so raw and there was people like sending letters to congressmen to get it outlawed and all that and it was outlawed in a lot of states and the, the ufc never said well we're going to make this palatable for the mass audience yeah There was a couple things they did along the way, like create weight classes and not allowing people to punch each other in the nuts and bite, which was allowed in the early (laughs) iterations of it. But that wasn't to pander to the audience. It was to improve the competitiveness of the sport and to make the sport better. But they never pandered to the audience and made it palatable. And what ended up happening is they realized People actually have a tolerance for this and the core audience isn't a small number of people. There's actually an infinite number of people who want to be the core. If we just gave them a core product and that is where the UFC has had tremendous success. And I'll tell you what I watch it. I bought a fight recently. My brother came over paid full freight for the thing and not as a core fan, but watching it and wanting to be a part of the core, knowing I'm never going to go to a gym and knowing I'm never going to like study up and learn what an omoplata is. <laughs> I, I still don't know what it was, you know. But I heard Joe Rogan say it, and I'm like, that sounds amazing. See, but and that's
2: the thing. I think that again, the authenticity of what they're doing and how they're speaking to it and their knowledge. Like, I don't have to know no. what it, what the words are. I don't. But know. I know that it's something. Yes. And. Again, the WSL is giving me nothing. They're oh. giving me absolutely nothing. They're giving me a jam off the top or a little squirt on the inside section or whatever. Yeah. And, I, and with UFC, I think, no, there's as much to talk about surfing as there is the UFC, right? I mean, I think the UFC is visually more dynamic in terms of one man beating the shit out of another man. Or one, it's one, all one. just
0: compressed into like a real tight yeah. three, three minutes. Totally. And yeah. surfing
2: can never be that, but surfing can be, I think surfing could have a lot more growth by, for, by not trying to be big anymore, by trying exactly. to actually exactly. go and engage the core. And I think not only would you actually engage the core, but then people would, there would be a halo effect of people who weren't, weren't interested coming on and saying, well, what is this thing that this group of people is so interested in? Yep. Uh And I think it would, you know, it would never grow to UFC levels. I don't, again, I don't, I don't think surfing is, is, it's just a harder thing to understand, but I think it would grow. I think it could grow to golf levels in terms of viewership and stuff.
0: I agree. And the UFC is the example they need to follow. Like I don't need to be a part of the core. I am part of the halo. And I'm super attracted
2: to yeah. it. Yeah. And you don't you don't feel bad for being part of the Halo. Like
0: you don't no. you don't want to be no, part of the Halo. No, I don't no. Yeah. i am i, I I don't aspire to it, but I'm fascinated by it. And like the best documentaries I've ever seen are about something I know nothing about that I don't need to know anything about. I don't need to study up before I watch the documentary. I just go live in that world for two hours, 90 minutes. And it's like, wow, fascinating. Yeah. You know, subculture.
2: I I agree. And surfing could so... I think the product of professional surfing is a good product. I I do truly believe that they put... Like the WSL has a great a great product. Yeah. Uh, they're just doing, I still think a fairly rotten job. They're doing a great job of broadcasting it. Yeah. Uh, but the, I mean, those commentators, yeah, like it's,
0: it's not their fault. It's, it's the not. WSL gives them it, they, parameters that they have to work with.
2: Well, and they put the, they put the wrong people together, right? It's just like yeah. pot should just get fired. God bless him. Pot God should, dang.
0: Just, pot should be gone. Pot's, uh, what I would love to see is pots lose that position and we or somebody creates kind of an alternative platform to him actually be himself sure and then for him to show up next year and commentate on our alternative platform being pots
2: but do you think pots there's still any pots in pots i don't know that's that is a question i wonder if pots is just if if pots has been successfully and fundamentally extinguished Depotted? Like the, yeah the fiery the fiery competitor of the 1980s has just been gutted it's done. There's no, there's no more there there.
0: You and I have talked about that. We, we really need to excavate that and psychoanalyze it. We yep. need to like hire a psychoanalysis. To come in like and watch it, videos come, of pots. From to, the 80s let's and, start interviewing him. Yeah. Let's do some psychotherapy with him and yeah. get to the bottom of
2: this. Cause pots like we, the surfing needs a pots.
0: Pots. if you're just taking the paycheck and faking it, that's okay. I'm not yeah. even mad at that. No, no. I fine. I want to think that like you're still in there, dude. That there's some fiery, angry man. The tattoos still exist. They do. The hair of. doesn't. Yeah. Potts, get down with. to your fighting weight again. Come back to us, pots. I know. We'll get you on a twenty.
2: Who would Who would be a fun, fiery, uh, like a opinionated and not annoying Potts replacement?
0: Hmm. Well, it's not going to be Griffin Colapinto. No, no. So that's my that's kind of my point against that. Um, but, you, but just think. Of, it, I think it could be Gabriel Medina.
2: You think? Could I be think a,
0: Gabriel tamps it down because we give him flack. Yeah. Like whenever he shows emotion and cries or whatever, or like cusses after he lost to Glenn Hall at the Snapper event two years ago, the internet. Gets angry at him is like look at that baby crying on stage and I do too and then the WSL finds him and yeah. then he shows up more refined next time yeah and it's like well I'm I'm not sure what we're really we might be uh, bargaining for getting more than we bargained for by forcing him to be by quiet. making fun
2: of Gabriel Medina yeah. but it sure was fun to make fun of him for a while <laughs> totally
0: <laughs> uh, but so I don't know who that person would be man maybe shoot
2: but like today I mean okay
0: I think uh, Mikey Wright is kind of trying to be that noah dean is kind of trying to be that. yeah
2: get no see okay so get noah dean in the booth that would be awesome yeah, yeah, that would yeah. be really fun see and i just don't know what the wsl thinks they would lose i mean do they think they would come up against decency standards and broadcasting that noah dean would drop an f-bomb i mean what's the what's the worry what's the what's the potential downside of doing something actually interesting in your in your have
1: a, have alienating,
0: alienating jeep as a sponsor
2: yeah. Okay. Great. But but that's uh, their concern. Sure. But they're they're. I always feel like they're going after smaller and smaller amounts of money from. Yeah. S- like they lose of course. Samsung and they're of course. and they're just they're trying to be so conservative to fit. You know whatever. Eventually they just got to. I would imagine start over and say, okay, this isn't working like this. Let's kill the model. Let's you got to be you got to be. I mean, this is all beach grit. Not that it's worked massively well. But when Derek and I started beach grit, it was this is our tone. The brands that like this tone will attach to Beach Crit right. instead of trying to make Beach yeah. Crit attach to the tone the brands like. Because right. brands and things like that don't have a tone. Their whole thing is, you right. know, you get people excited and then a brand wants to be part of that thing. But if you're if you're being bland and nobody's getting excited.
0: Well, so another major difference with the UFC is that they're actually selling tickets and they're selling pay-per-views. Yeah. So do you think at the wave pool, we know that the wave pool event is open to the public because yeah. they announced that. Do they sell tickets? Oh, as, for sure.
2: Okay, they have to. I think they would have to. Oh, maybe not where it is because it's so far away that. But it's you know there limited be, capacity. There's a limited capacity it. thing, and so uh, with the limited capacity, I would imagine that tickets would be a thing that would happen. But I don't think that enough people will drive up to um, you know the Waypool pool to Central California to watch the thing, and the thing is humongous. So I don't think capacity would be an issue there
0: yeah uh, they did send out a survey asking people if they would pay for viewing of events. Mm, would the you? WSL sent an email. yeah, I've been saying it for years that I would. Yeah. I was like, if that helps them find profitability, I would gladly pay sixty bucks a year, let's say.
2: like giving Matt Warshaw money for him sending us a picture of him in the bath. I would gladly pay for events especially with the caveat of lose lose the boring commentators. Like well, I'm not going to pay for I would not pay for this product right now with the commentators the way they are. That's I would a th- need I would need more spice.
0: In this new self-funded world that I'm talking about and envisioning, I would be more than ha- like I believe in you guys. If you can convince me that your vision is similar to mine, I believe in you guys and what you're doing that I want to support it. Um, I would totally pay for the content. Why can't
2: the WSL thinking of a lot of good ideas today like board transfers at sunset and this is another banger you watch football every sunday morning or college football saturday or whatever they go to the game then you throw back to the studio regularly where you have four guys sitting around who are jokey you know i mean that's the whole new model right fox i think fox really pioneered the super irreverent uh jokey for you know terry bradshaw you know, busting whoever's balls on the whoever else, Howie Long or whoever, right? Mm-hmm. Where why can't Surfing throw to their Santa Monica office, have four really funny personalities behind a desk, just like making fun of each other, making fun of the action as it's happening, or not just making fun, just yeah. providing any kind of spice, right? Right? Yeah. Why, why can't that happen?
0: It can. It should. They have a.
2: They have a hole. They built a giant studio in Santa Monica. Yeah, the they WSL should day. employ
0: you and I to do that.
2: I would gladly go sit behind the desk. WSL? Totally. Bring us on. Um, I'll take your offer. Hired.
0: Love spending an afternoon in Santa Monica love too. It. Yeah,
2: love it if it still exists. We'll after go this have, podcast. We'll
0: go have margaritas at Chipotle.
2: Oh, see, we'll drink margaritas <laughs> from Chipotle during the broadcast.
0: So well, talking about. Um, coming through and buying up small brands that have a core connection. Surfstitch bought Depactus. I know, I liked that. I know. (laughs) So first of all, I thought De Pactus literally went out of business two or three years I ago. I thought
2: three years ago. So,
0: if, can you buy something that went out of business? Yeah, because I would imagine
2: they just bought the trademark, right? But they bought the name. They would have bought the name. There would have been no inventory or anything. They There's definitely
0: no inventory. So, yeah. You, but then, why even buy it?
2: Maybe they thought that the brand had enough, like, because they spent a lot of money to make that brand, that depactus, right? To yeah. like, you and I still know De Pactus. I mean, when when I, I put it on beach because yeah. I know practice, right? Yeah. Be, and I know to practice because they spent enough money out of the gate to make me know it. They sponsored Healy and yeah. whoever else, right? Like they did these things that cost a lot of money and then went belly up or disappeared, but all that, uh, you know, the brand name was still out there. And so if, if surf stitch could come and buy that name fairly cheaply without having to spend money anymore on marketing or Healy or anybody else, then it seems like, Oh, Maybe you have your cake and eat it too, right? We have this thing for basically free that people know and kind of maybe attach to. They just didn't attach to the levels that were required to keep up this, you know, big right. marketing thing. And so just roll it out small, trying to compete. I would imagine, I mean, the their initial ad thing was straight up Salty Crew. Everybody's trying to make their own yeah. Salty Crew, right? Like Salty Crew is one of the only, uh, I think, successful startups successful brands you know that's come around in a while that's that's i think wildly successful um and yeah
0: well the funny thing is i agree with everything you said but you would need to use the same logo you would need to use the same
2: yeah they didn't did that graphic they design
0: that was my problem is i saw that it said De Pactus and i'm like well that's not the same to Pactus i remember yeah which had like an actually like a pretty cool yeah, they
2: spent a lot of aesthetic, money, I think, on between, figuring out what the aesthetic was.
0: Between the logos and the font that they're using and just the color palette and all that. And then I saw this new thing and I'm like, oh, no, that logo looks terrible. And the font looks ridiculous. It, so this isn't the same Depactus. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, this is a reviving, but like a way, way crappier version. Yeah. Like all of the value that you said and the money spent went to the graphic design. Sure. And it was well, I thought like it was well, well executed. executed. But if you're not buying those things, then you're only buying the name. The name had no value. But it was just the aesthetic that had the value. But look at Surf
2: Stitch's past acquisitions, too. I know, right. I mean, I think they make horrible decisions on things that, that just are are absolutely worthless and continue to do that. And, and you know, maybe they thought, oh, we have a sweet spot here because the, no. it seems like the new positioning is trying to be somewhere in between Salty Crew and Patagonia. Uh, it's outdoor man yeah. wear. And yeah.
0: But it's like that brand never developed enough to develop goodwill. No, all that it had was the aesthetic, and you're also not buying a line of clothing. It's not like oh, they had this super cool line of clothing that never really saw the light up. of day. Yeah. No, they just slapped the Depakka's name on new clothing yep. that has no association with the old stuff. Like it's bizarre. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's, but a Surf Stitch. I mean, I think Surf Stitch. You, just, is, you is make a good
2: point. A uniquely hor- horrible business.
0: You make a good point. All right, well, winding down the show, um, we're going to close out with a barrel or not. Great segment, as we always do. Excited. Skimboarding.
2: It's so barrel right now. (laughs) Is it? Uh, I think totally. (laughs) Yeah. I think Derek Derek hit it right on Beach Grid. He wrote something about uh, drop knee bodyboarding. in Paul Roach's drop knee bodyboarding gave us tail slides. uh, And Derek wondered, what is skimboarding going to bring surfing? Like, it's clearly having a renaissance right now. And so what is the thing? There's something in the dna of skimboarding that surfers are going to take and you know at the top level i think and employ in surfing and what it'll be exciting to see what that is
0: again i don't know if it's partially you're softening you're more open-minded now than you used to be as well like this is an alternative craft and it's implying how it'll change surfing in the future, which is something you're always against. But but and now you're
2: open to but it. But listen to me here: uh, the skimboarder never—it's perfect. He does not compete with a surfer at all for waves. True. He's doing—he's plying his trade on basically on land. Yep. Um, it's way fun to watch. Like I can sit at the beach all day. Like at laguna or whatever like I, I have before uh and watch skimboarders just get smashed right yeah. because that's half the fun yeah. uh, austin Keane and these guys you know what they're doing uh brad domkey i think it's yeah i think surf or skimboarding is more interesting than surfing right now i'll go
0: <laughs> would you skimboard? That far um no i'd be horrible at it you know I put it in the same category as skateboarding where yeah. I slam and then I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Like I've tried doing it, not in recent years, but maybe, I don't know, last time I tried when I was 21, yeah. run as fast as you can, jump, throw all your speed onto that thing and then dig, yeah. hit, take a digger and hit hard on hard packed sand and get up and go... Enough of that.
2: Yeah. Like, I'm that's not that's interested that. in that. I did. I did skimboard some in Oregon just because it would get so cold yeah. uh, when I was a, okay. a little kid where yeah. I thought, oh, this is a, this is a you know, a thing I can do. An
0: alternative but, thing.
2: An alternative thing. So maybe that's where my love of skimboarding
0: comes. All right. So skimboarding is barrel currently. Huge barrel. Wasn't barrel a year ago. Might not be barrel next year, but right now it's
2: barrel. It's, it's the biggest barrel. It's like a gaping Kyleni stand-up Perfect. barrel. Yeah.
0: Um, well, one other, or barrel or not, number two. Telling somebody to suck a dick.
2: Like that? Hey, suck a dick.
0: Yeah, this comes from a Beach Grid article. Um, This comes from an article that Derek posted about Joel Tudor, who got into an Instagram argument with some random commenter who told him... That he does way too many drugs and he should be ashamed. Yeah. The, the commenter told <laughs> told Joel Tudor that. So Joel Tudor simply replied replied, go suck a dick.
2: I'm gonna be I'm gonna go barrel. Really? I'm gonna go yeah. I like kind of the the non-personal suck a dick. Not don't suck my dick, go suck a dick. Random I don't care, dick. I don't care which dick it is, just hmm. go suck it. I like it.
0: Well, once again, Beach Grit commenters provided a profound amount of wisdom in a very concise and crass package. Nick Carroll, not the Nick Carroll, but a different Nick Carroll said, quote, go suck a dick is hardly a worthwhile insult if the target of your venom loves sucking dicks. More like words of support and encouragement. Yeah. End quote.
2: I like that. Brilliant.
0: Which is why I, I, I guess
2: I'm just going to start using go suck a dick as a like not bad or not good thing. Just as a greeting or say goodbye. Hey, go suck a dick. Okay. I but, like it. Yeah.
0: So I think it's not. I think it's not barrel, but now that you said that, that might be barrel. Using it as a greeting might be barrel. Yeah. I'm saying using it as an insult, not barrel at all. Because I would argue that I'm not sure even that that hetero women even view it as derogatory. Sure. Sucking dick, not derogatory. And then secondly, if you're using it, if you're saying it to a dude as a pejorative for being gay, then that's just homophobic. So either Tudor was being he's homophobic by using it as an insult but i'm not sure that like nobody even looks down upon sucking dick anymore
2: well man good on you right yeah i like taking sucking dick out of the out of the negative it's and not into, a negative i know into the light of the positive yeah
0: okay great but you you Fantastic. touched on that inadvertently by yeah using it as a greeting sure. now. yeah i hey, don't go think suck it's... a dick like awesome i yeah. will enjoy that you yeah know? i like that yeah okay so, so i'm gonna so say, it's
2: barrel as a greeting it's, it's barrel as a positive
0: yeah which not
2: barrel as an insult and i'm gonna say that maybe joel was saying yeah i do smoke a lot of weed to that dude
0: oh you're right go suck a dick you're right like it's good that was I a like that. sign of approval yeah. of that statement yeah and again nick carroll in the comments section smart highlighted all of this for me smart man. like i read the whole article and i was kind of laughing about it and i'm like oh, joel's funny. Or angry and both. <laughs> and then I got down to the comment section and I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. This this is not an insult at all.
2: That's fantastic. Yeah. That's Thank you. Thank you both, you, David Lee, and also Nick Carroll. Deep
0: in the comment section. Yeah. Uh, barrel or nah, Movember.
2: Oh, so nah. Nah. I have to shave during November just so I don't even look like I'm tangentially participating in Movember. Though I got a weird, uh, tagged in a really weird, uh, Instagram message that said something about the biggest influencers of Movember are, and it was me and two other people. And I looked at them and they were like massive, like had millions of followers and somehow I was—it was like people who participate in Movember, like these three Instagram influencers, which was me, which I don't, I've never been called an Instagram influencer before, and two other people who genuinely appear to be Instagram influencers. I was Bizarre. baffled by the entire thing because I've always been very internally and externally, when I have an, uh, an opportunity, anti-Movember.
0: I, I'm surprised that that person even knew that you had a mustache.
2: Yeah, I don't think they did. Because you don't post photos of yourself. I don't think they did. I think it was, because it wasn't about me. It was about, uh, it was people who participate in Movember follow my Instagram account. Got it. More than than others.
0: I agree. It's a naw for me. Um, I'm against awareness campaigns in general. Me too. So against it, dude. Like, I'm all for a call to action. Sure. You know, like, hey, Warshaw's thing, that's not an awareness thing. That's a call to action but just the the awareness campaign the ice bucket challenge for ALS no. back in the day do you think anybody even knows what ALS is no
2: not anymore especially like NFL no. players in pink socks for breast breast cancer awareness like all of it is a way i think that people can do something that they think is like helping it makes them feel good it makes it feel good without doing good.
0: anything at all exactly it makes people feel good it makes people have something people desperately want to rally for something Yeah. and i think they live aimless lives with no passion sitting behind a desk so they have like this little thing that they can grow a mustache right and them. they could put their hand up and go yeah. like hey look at me i'm part of this thing yeah and it's for awareness i'm making you aware no you're not
2: yeah you know, like it's really true. You know, so annoying. I would, I would be curious how many men who grow mustaches for Movember uh, actually give money to prostate cancer stuff.
0: I, I like, would love to know if they even are aware of a prostate charity. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Like, like they're, they're not. To, yeah, they're just That's like oh, true. an opportunity to grow a mustache and post a bunch of Instagram yeah, selfies. Sick. That's all it. Here is. I go. Yeah. I hate awareness. Yep. uh <laughs> So I love that you hate awareness. I hate it. <laughs> Barrel or not, public breastfeeding. Oh, Total Barrel. Total Barrel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This was because uh, this came up because Alana and Jack announced the arrival of their child this last week with a near bare photo of her and her baby laying on her chest. Yep. So um, Barrel, why is it Barrel?
2: Oh, I mean, I just think that it's a beautiful thing and something that shouldn't shouldn't be hidden. There's no, I mean, squeamishness about things like that to me is... Uh, is a total knot barrel. Like when totally. you're when you're squeamish about just human things, and I'm not about like, uh, you know, I'm not a naturalist. I don't believe, and except for when I'm changing after surf, I like to get naked. Speaking of, uh, I had a nudist magazine or nudist something. Remember, did we talk about that? Where I said, no, I'm not going to towel change anymore just because why be ashamed? I'm just going to yeah. let it free. I had a nudist something website or something reach out to me uh and we really like your position on this issue um and here's a bunch of resources and let's collaborate on stuff and yeah it was like a long list of like naturalist hotels which i never responded and nor will i respond because that's not my deal to go to naturalist hotels but uh with breastfeeding i mean it's just a it's a good healthy thing and i don't necessarily think that you people who are really proud i don't think people should be proud of it like either like they shouldn't a woman shouldn't You know, it's, it's, it's a silly thing to be proud of, Mm -hmm. but to be squeamish about it is, is more silly.
0: I completely agree. Super barrel. It's insane that our society ever got to a point where like people were up in arms about public
2: breastfeeding. I can't imagine what kind of, what kind of sorry man would stand up or sorry woman would stand up and be like. This is this is obscene. This is inappropriate. I think it's
0: also insane to even equate it with nudity.
2: I mean, it's so weird. It's It's so weird, right? Such a weird non-sexual thing.
0: Like honestly, any boobie I've ever seen in my life that was being breastfed off of, I had zero arousal with. And even if I caught a glimpse of it, there was almost no impulse to take a second glimpse. No, it was just like, oh, it is what it is, and it's it's human, and it's it's like, like
2: kid feeding. Yeah, yeah. It's so the the. Yeah, people who are so prudish as to have that be yeah
0: are the ones who are beating off to breastfeeding porn oh, when they get home, though. You know what weird. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Both like, sides,
2: both sides should should take a step back. But really, it's reevaluate. the congressman
0: who is anti-gay marriage who's the guy in the men's room stall tapping. Like, yeah. if you have if you feel that strongly There's about breastfeeding,
2: that's who it is. You're, you're into breastfeeding porn. Totally. Yeah. Totally.
0: Well, um, our psychoanalysis of all of these things this week is has come to an end, my good friend Chaz.
2: Next time we got to get POTS on the show.
0: Okay, we got a lot. We, dude, we should do a guest list for 2018. I know, Martin Potter, it's the top. That would be the top. You, think for you can sure. come on. Yeah, okay. I do. I do. Um, all right. Well, beachgrid.com, your website, and then Reports from Hell is your Instagram. That's it. People are blowing it. If they're not following Reports from Hell watching chicks on a branch doing yoga, falling off the branch good. into the river. How good was that one? Kelly posted it in his stories last night. Really? But he tagged Strider as the source. Because Strider stole it from me. Exactly. No, it's okay. That's the way this happens. You yeah. stole it from somebody hey, too. Sure, so. I sure did. I sure did. <laughs> it's all good. All right. Well, surfsplendorpodcast.com is my website and where you can find everything that we discuss in this episode, all the videos of the fist fight in Huntington Beach, um, all that stuff, and then links to the articles that we discussed. There's also a comment section as there is on Beach Grit. Chime in, join the conversation. This is not just between Chaz and I. It starts here. It actually started on Beach Grit. Then it goes here. Then you guys talk about it again. Then Derek posts an article about it. It's the most meta thing ever. <laughs> it lives on in perpetuity. It is meta 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 meta. It's a human centipede of surf stories. Beautiful. <laughs> and then at Surf Splendor on Instagram. Alright. Until next week or two weeks from now, Chaz, get barrel.